afternoon, good evening, this is G-Money, just sitting here on the old microphones, um, Mr. Wustein will be in a little later, as is his weed, and um, up first we're going to, um, internet's back up, so everything's cool, um, I'm going to read a little news in a minute, but uh, I'm going to start off with a little dance hall um that's not dance hall but uh dance time sunday so here we go Thank you. 
say a lot well the songs I like I like a lot let's put it that way um oh what else <laughs> that's just, that was not Desmond Decker <laughs> but that just kind of leads into the next song I was gonna play um you know I, I watched like three movies I hadn't seen the other day on YouTube of all fucking places reanimator you believe I haven't seen Reanimator? It was like me reading The Watchmen this year. I, I can't believe I, you know, well, I can believe because I didn't do it. But all those years, like, I never fucked around and, like, just read. Well, I did, like I said, this year, The Watchmen. And, um, God damn it. Trying to stop my ums or at least <laughs> get a lasso around them. The, um, sorry, police siren. Um, oh, Driller Killer by Abel Ferreira. It's one of those movies. It, just like Reanimator, I'm not a big horror fan, like, as a rule. Um, but that was, like, Driller... Driller Killer, every time it was described to me, was like like a gritty, gross. It's not that bad. Like, even if I had seen it back in the day, it's not that awful. It's it's pretty gnarly, but it's not just like... Just, like, he's not like sawing people. It's not Last House on the Left or nothing. So, that was pretty interesting. Got to see inside of Max's Kansas City, which is pretty neat. Um, that's a very famous bar uh, in New York City with uh, like Velvet Underground has an album from there live at Max's Kansas City and a lot of other uh, early punk bands and new wave and no wave bands played down there at Max's. So. I certainly had never seen the inside of it, and um, it was neat to see it on the movie. The Driller Killer. Abel Ferreira plays the lead under a pseudonym I can't remember. Ooh, sorry about the yawning. I just couldn't wake up this morning. Like, I woke up super early. Then I went back to sleep and could not just turn that key over to wake up. It's like it's like a car in the winter. It's just oh, come on, man. <laughs> just sitting in a cold car. And like last night I was out with my neighbor. Just took a walk with him to the grocery store. And on our way back, 
I just fell. Just fell. Like the, you know how driveways on sidewalks, like they make that little ridge. Well, I wasn't looking where I was going and my foot caught that ridge, my left foot. And I just went down on that knee and like I had to stitch my pants because like I ripped my pants. I tore my knee up. There's just like a big gash in my left knee now and my left hand it looks like I fell on the back of that that's what it feels well that's what it is because there's a scar on the back of that then like tomorrow I got a nine o'clock appointment it's just like oh yeah anyway fuck all that that's why we're here so we don't have to deal with that bullshit anyway Desmond Decker, 007. This song reminds me of that. It's by the specials. It's one of those songs I grew up with and just love. I'll just keep talking, talking, talking. Ay, ay, ay. What I can't stand is that, like, when I do this, it makes me feel so fucking dumb. Even though now I know exactly what it is. Ay, ay. Here we go. Let's try that again.
It's so funny, like how goddamn, like, oh, it doesn't matter how hot, because it's going to be hot today, man, in San Francisco. Like the sun's out blazing it early in the morning here. And if it's blazing in the mission at like, fuck, the sun was up at like eight o'clock, like out. No way. Like, it's always still so cold in the studio, man. Fuck me. Hands are cold. Like, when my hands are cold, I just, like, shut down like a idiot. Plus, like, I came in here not feeling good, so it's just like, oof. Sorry, folks, if the show isn't as dynamic as it could be. But it's just everything... Like, I got a headache. I think it was from the fall. Like, I just got a, like, a steaming headache. Luckily, the studio has a brand new bottle of aspirin, so I just took two of those. And, um, let's see if that helps at all, but... Like, I don't want to talk, because, like, it makes my head hurt. Which is not good for being on the radio. (laughs) But what are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to play more music so I can get out of this mess. Uh, I'm going to try to avoid talking as much as I can until uh, my co-host shows up when I'm basically forced to co-host point to uh, to chitter, chatter. Hey, what's funny? I'm wearing my um, my Mickey Mouse shirt which I've owned since, like, 1984. And it still fits. (laughs) Which basically means my upper body has grown, like, um, (laughs) maybe an inch, while the rest of, like, I'm all legs. (laughs) It's so funny. Like, not only does it fit, it fits well. It fits better than, like, other shirts I bought later. Doesn't make any sense. Anyway. Uh, let's see. What's going on here? Why aren't we seeing more music? Uh, here you go. It's a cool song. How to pick up girls. By the girls. Little girls. That's the name of the group. It's a cool song, though. Take a look at me, come on, do you like what you see, wanna be with me? Rack your brains for the right line, two crystal glasses by love, white wine, you know you blast when you find that I've left the club with some other guy. If you wanna do more than look, you'll have
out aloud as castanets you know you've studied hard grab a breath flash a smile and shoot your line girls aren't really that confusing if this book's advice you're using wanna do more than love you'll have to read the Stitched last night. How weird is that? Doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> I always keep um, a needle and thread because when I was a kid or whatever, I learned how to like sew. You know, like I used to use a sewing machine and shit, which would be a hell of a lot easier than having to do it by hand. But I just did like a loose fucking stitch on these knees. It sucks too, man. It's like my favorite pair of pants. Just got all bummed out. But anyway, what are you going to do? What you going to do? Ugh. You know, I used to hate that goddamn show, Cops. Probably, I think it's still on or a version of it. But it's such shit. It's like the worst prop. It like I remember like in the fucking nineties watching it and being like, "This is some awful propaganda bullshit." It's like fuck the poor. Definitely fuck fuck like any minority. Like, and it's always the hero cops. It's like fuck you, dude. parliaments before they were parliament.
do two things. I want to sleep and throw up. <laughs> That's it. And I'm not sure in what order, right? Probably, probably puke once and sleep. Gave this guy fucking 10 bucks way early this morning when I went to use the restroom to fucking give me some pot. He's, I've known this dude for like 10 fucking years. He never came back for his cigarette or my shit. So I was like, all right. Maybe he did. I don't know. I fell asleep. Like, I stayed up. He said five minutes. If you ain't back in the five... Oh, God. Oh. If you're not back in that five minutes, man, fuck off. I'm out. <laughs> you don't need to worry about me, dude. It's a cool song right here. Nice instrumental. No, we played this last week. We're not going to do that shit. Fuck all that. This is not the Peter. This goes out to...
so funny. I used to have that on like 60s, like when I was really young. <clears throat> that song would be on like 60s best of like tapes, you know, it would have like the four tops and the temptations and the Supremes and King Floyd would be like, I believe Otis Redding. I would consider at the time like King Floyd, just at the time, like 1984, 86, to be like, to filler songs or some shit, you know, not like, you know, like they'd get, uh, not Bernadette, but like, I'm trying to think of the four tops, Jesus, George, like. Like, I'll be there, whatever, with the love that can capture you. You know, like, the the ones that cost the, uh, you know, distributor, whoever the fuck, money to actually license that song to play it on the, you know, to buy it for their record. And then you get, like, King Floyd, which is, like, 40 bucks or whatever. It, at least that's how it was in my mind at the time, even though it's a Stax song and, you know, Stax is important and everything. But, uh, like, you know, Otis Redding's on Stax, you know? God, my hands are so cold. I can't think. It's so weird. It's like it's like my kryptonite. Like, I'm trying to keep my hands, like, inside my jacket to, to warm them up. I went while that last song was playing, like, out into the sun, like, across the street to just, like, sort of warm up, even though I know that song's only, like, three minutes and 25 seconds, so I have no fucking time to actually heat up. And then, like, ugh, it's just... Ugh, I can't think. Anyone. But, so I used to think about that song once in a while and I was like yeah it's kind of a cornball song but one day I was working with this fellow named John Hoppy who is truly one of my favorite people in this entire like I've ever met and that's a pretty blunty catalog and certainly the most musically not just aware person but like in involved maybe would be a good word for it like like he which is funny that he doesn't well at least he didn't when I knew him at the time he didn't play any instruments he just loved music he moved from like a little town up in the middle of Michigan, down all the way to the big city at Kalamazoo, to uh, to work in record stores and well, I think he went to go to college, but uh, like Western or something like that, Western Michigan University, WMU, to um, and ended up working at Flipside Records, which is where we would work like on Thursday nights, but. He was just so cool. He turned me on to so many different, like, bands and shit like that. And I think, I'd like to think I maybe showed him a couple of bands, but that doesn't matter. The important part is King Floyd. 
He was like, man, you know what a really cool song is? He goes, knock on wood. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You mean bop, 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 bop on wood? He's like, yeah, dude, check it out. And like he threw on the 45 and it was just like really good. It, like that, the the groove that it hits, it's just like, oh, it's so infectious. And um, I've been loving that song ever since. So there you go. That's the uh, knock on wood story <laughs> I'm telling today. Uh, all right. What's up next? I can't believe I'm already at 45 minutes. Thank God. Tanya. The sooner I can get home. You can't get home any sooner, idiot. <laughs> oh, man. But hopefully next week I'll get all my rent shit taken care of. So that'll be cool. Who cares about all that bullshit?
Fuck yeah, dude. I love Judas Priest, man. And you couldn't believe who just showed up. My man, 50 grand. Wustein. So, I'm going to play one more song, and then uh, we'll bring my man into the mix. This song, my dad used to have this album when I was a kid, and um, had the vinyl. It's one of the first vinyls I ever really remember, and it's a big pink record with a big, or it's a yeah, it's like a like a red, like I'm speaking about the album cover. It's like like a pinkish red album cover with a big fucking pink phone on it with like lips and shit it's really like female lips it's really wild like anyway this is billy stewart one of the coolest fucking singers ever and um his big song is sitting in the park but i'm gonna play um the uh, his other single uh strange feeling so here we go
All right. Well, let's turn on these mics. Yeah, we're thinking about calling next well, week a bye week. Oh, well, don't 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 uh, lead with it. <laughs> don't yeah, don't lead with that. That's okay, just, we'll edit that out. Idea. Yeah, we'll you just... give them something to look forward to. Yeah, maybe. We'll look. I said maybe. You guys can look forward to the bye week. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even more entertaining than us. <laughs> well, uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, man. Heidi ho, neighbor. Heidi ho, Heidi ho. My hands are freezing. Sorry, I can like I can barely think when my hands are freezing like this. I'm just like derp. <laughs> just like normal. Anyway. Normal the cat. Yeah, from Garfield. Yeah, I never thought normal was really that derpy. I just didn't think he just did much, right? Was that Odie? Oh yeah, I guess yeah. Odie's just. <laughs> It was peculiar how Odie was the only one who didn't really talk. He didn't do shit. Well, he he did shit, but he didn't, like, say shit for sure. Yeah, it was really just Garfield's game. Yeah. Yeah, Garfield and, and, uh, what's his, what's his? John Arbuckle. John, yeah. What's his last name? Arbuckle. Wow. Yeah. It's shocking. And you know his last Arbuckle? Dude, you know, I grew up. I grew uh, dude, when I was I, like Hey man, I grew up with all those Garfield books too. I had in my in in my uh nightstand like <laughs> like a whole collection of Garfield books. I, think I would just I did read too. them to sleep. I think I did too. I don't I don't know if I had them all, but I had I had like a shit ton of them, man. And then and then I grew those long cuz they were yeah. they were small. Yeah. But like long. Yeah. And I had like the like uh three three book sets of like the original Garfields. You want to see old? Look at this shirt. This is an original like oh, I bought got, this at Disney World. Wow. Yeah, in like 1984. Wow. And it's not only does it fit it fits better than like most of my shirts. Damn, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. I'm wearing I'm wearing a Game of Thrones shirt. So yeah. my mom kept like like some old shit. Like I, she sent me like this shirt and like an old like uh, Cub Scout, Boy Scout, one of the two, like mm. neckerchiefs and shit with like the like 1991 or something on it like you know with the date and oh shit. like uh, epcot center so yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. oh dude yeah. i remember the first time seeing epcot center hmm. like with that it it uh with uh what what is that spaceship earth the um mm-hmm. the that round globe thing you yeah, know yeah, with yeah, all yeah. that it blew my mind, man, when I, I first saw, saw that. I think I remember seeing Captain EO. <laughs> I saw Captain EO down there, man. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. R- R- Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's yeah. Captain EO. Captain EO. Can I think that, wasn't that like, I, I'm fairly sure that was directed by Francis Ford Coppola. I'm f- pretty oh, sure. We're going to have to look that up. Yeah, man. I'll look it up in a minute. When I give a shit, we got internet now, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I was gonna tell you. Like everything's back up and running. I don't know what what the hell was going on last week, but everything is all fixed and caboodled. So that's cool. Anyway, yes, you are correct. Yeah, right. Isn't wow. that weird? Starring Michael Jackson, Angelica Houston. Yeah, Angelica Dir- Houston. Director Francis Ford Coppola. There you go. Executive producer George Lucas. Yeah. Music James Horner. They, wow. Yeah. They got they got they got an all star lineup for this for, for that freaking <laughs> thing. Thing is awful. 
<laughs> that movie stinks. Like, not only that, but like that just it's it's like a a preview of what's gonna come up in uh, Coppola's career. Just a bunch of bad movies, you know. Like the last good movie I can think of that he made was people. Some idiots will say Godfather Three, but for my money, his last like movie worth sitting through is Apocalypse Now, and I don't even really like that movie that much, but, like, I used to love it, like, when I was in high school and shit, like, that was, like, one of my movies, but... Apocalypse Now? Mm-hmm. Mm. It's him laying in bed watching that fucking fan go around, Vietnam, <laughs> what the fuck, right? You know, like, I don't know. I like Martin Sheen. I like the actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's that's not the greatest movie to just like constantly watch. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I like him going down the river, but that got me into like Joseph Campbell, you mm, know, mm-hmm, and reading. Mm-hmm. You know, I read Heart of Darkness and all that stuff. And the horror, the, the horror. horror. Oy vey. Joseph Con Joseph Conrad. Conrad, yeah, not jo- Joseph no, 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 Campbell. No. Joseph Campbell's like a philosopher or something. He was right? a professor and mythologist. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Campbell, by the way, was a mentor of George Lucas. There you go. That, so that's, that, how, that's how he formulated a lot of the plot. And they're all Star friends. Wars is based on um, Hero of a Thousand, Hero of a thousand, a thousand faces? faces. Yeah, and the whole idea of the hero's quest, the hero's journey. Yeah. 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 That's, so. I think it's... A, I'm not sure that's where a lot of people, but I, I'm pretty sure like a lot of people like post like 70s, that's where they got like that whole idea of like first act, second act being like the worst and then like third act, like redemption type shit. Like. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's this kind of a lot of how the hero's journey it goes. And I mean, I saw this documentary on oh. Amazon where it's like how influential star wars was to i mean it was the it, it pretty much i mean jump started like george lucas's career obviously but it was like it pretty much revitalized and made sci-fi fantasy into um, a popular thing oh yeah like, yeah before that i mean you could say star trek was one of the first big ones but they didn't they it's didn't really TV. have yeah, the TV and the and the original series when it was on didn't really have great ratings. It was yeah. Kind of- the biggest thing about that was Uhura because she was like the first African American. Uh, hmm. You know, like George Takei is like the first like Asian. Asian yeah, yeah, that wasn't like they were playing roles that could have been played by anybody. Like you could have put like by a anybody, standard white, white guy. You know, blue eyes, blonde hair, could have played Ahura. But, you know, they specifically picked her to do that shit. Yeah. Almost like how Eartha Kitt on uh, Batman, she was the mm. third fucking Catwoman. But mm. people still respond to her. Well, I think she's dead now. But, but like, for years, like, through her life, people would still be like, you Is are Catwoman, dude. You know, because, you know, the way that she talked. In the way, you know, like her specific Eartha Kitty sort of way of oh, yeah. sort of rolling through the world. Yeah. And, uh, but like you said, like George Takai, he was awesome. And like, and, the, you know, to find out later that he was, uh, I believe he's a homosexual. 
and like you know so not yeah, only was George he asian but he was like gay too at the same time you know like yeah. damn bro like you talk yeah. about knocking down doors well, i'm not exactly sure he was, was he openly gay at no that, that time no he wasn't no no but like, i think he like came no. out like in the no, 80s wasn't. or something like that yeah. maybe the 90s but yeah yeah he certainly did. yeah yeah but I mean, he had such a cool voice and like he was just su- such a interesting like actor and shit and he would mm. like, you know, he had fight scenes and all that type of shit. Like they he, you know, they got to be sort of dynamic. Mm-hmm. Where in in you know, when they still had signs on doors that was like, you know, colored only, whites only. In fact, her role was so important she was gonna quit um uh Michelle Nichols or whatever um that Martin Luther King himself called her up on the phone and was like do not leave this show you're like too important like it it, it was so wild it's like when the when the quote-unquote leader of the civil rights movement calls you personally on the phone to not quit a role on a television show you might want even a low-rated television show you know <laughs> i looked that up yeah i, it's I didn't true. know star trek was that that like, yeah that time <clears throat> that far ago yeah well it's like 65 something like that like marvel comics were like in you know in their like full swing, Jack Kirby and uh, Stan Lee were really like knocking it down. It's like around the time the coming of Galactus and the Fantastic Four and all that stuff. Silver Surfer, nineteen sixty six to nineteen sixty nine. Bang! There you go. Sixty six mm. was a year wow. off. Wow. I used to be really good with dates, but my hands are cold. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, and that Martin Luther King story is true, which is weird. That's amazing. Isn't that, that wild? That, that's amazing. Yeah. He dies, like, soon after, right? Mm. He gets assassinated. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things. I was thinking about, like, all this shit when I was, not all this shit in particular, but, like, all this, like, old, like, factoids and shit and, like, kind of tearing through my life when I was sitting there in the ICU and it was just sort of funny to just roll through all that stuff because it was like what why do I have all this weirdo information in my head like that <laughs> like uh I just I was uh telling the uh the radio audience that um I was I watched three movies that I hadn't seen before weirdly on um on YouTube the other uh the other day i watched Mm -hmm. uh the driller killer by abel ferreira his first movie Mm. and um i watched uh re this is so weird i had never watched reanimator and i finally watched it by Stuart gordon and it is so fucking good and um then i saw like another movie that was really interesting but um but to see reanimator especially those two because when i was coming up like they were always described as like gory gnarly kind of like last house on the left fucking um original texas chainsaw massacre like 
you better be like suited up and ready to watch this movie because this movie might fuck you up type shit you know mm-hmm. like mm. this movie's crazy mm. and like they're not like dr- driller killer is i mean it could be considered sort of gnarly right because you know he takes a drill to people like through the movie hence it, the it, name it take yeah it takes a while to for him to like get into his shit but you know hmm. he it's able ferrera he did a bad lieutenant and shit hmm. and so uh you know like he's like an arty sort of dude and you get to see max's kansas city on the inside and uh all that stuff the very famous club the velvet underground made uh i believe their last record before loaded or maybe even after loaded came out from um max's live at max's kansas city the world underground and um uh reanimator was supposed to be really gross but it's just like it's like sam raimi gross you know like mm-hmm. evil dead 2 gross where mm-hmm. it's like well mm-hmm. it's just it's more fun than gross mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like the the mad doctor cuts off like the gross like wants to fuck this young girl doctor <laughs> or medical student's head off and like he the 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 gross doctor gets reanimated through his like serum or whatever cuz it's all hp lovecraft and um you know, call it Cthulhu and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. But um, he, so he reanimates the dude and the guy is still alive and he's looking at her naked body and he gets all turned on and he makes his his body, his corpse body, pick his head up and move it around so he can like liquor and shit. It's like it's like weird, gross like that. But it but it's not like I don't know. Like like Last House on the Left, like that that movie to me is like one of the most gnarly flicks ever. But like, it's still one of my favorites. Wes Craven's first movie, and uh, it's it's really really interesting. Anyway, but it's just so like brutal, and that's what I thought those two movies were gonna like be back when I was you know. Hell, I own a movie store, and I never watched Reanimator. It was so weird. Like, I just knew, like, the outline details, but I never sat and just watched the movie. But I got to watch it, and it was really really fun. It's a really fun movie. Mm -hmm. You can watch for free on YouTube. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm not a big horror guy. Yeah, me neither, but it's not really a horror movie. It's It's more like a comedy. Like I said, it's like more like Evil Dead 2. Mm-hmm. Where like Evil Dead Two, it technically is a horror movie, but it's not really because like they're doing goof ass shit, you know. Like you step on her head and the eyeball pops out into somebody's mouth. You know, like it's more like uh, Looney Tunes or something. Mm-hmm. You know, where mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. things are just um, over exaggerated to like. How did we get here from Star Trek? Oh, because you were talking about... I was just talking about shit that I had seen over there. And then, yeah. And just, I was just going down, like, well, I'll tell you, I was going down memories of shit up when I was sitting in the ICU, and I was just thinking about shit that I hadn't thought about in movies and stuff that I hadn't seen, and I just was like... I got you. I got you. You wanted to just kind of, like, put it out there. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. And, um... 
Uh, well, I'll tell you how I started. Huh. I, start, I started with uh, Mike Spiegelman on uh, Mutiny Radio. He has a show called uh, Let's Watch a Movie on YouTube. And um, Keep going. Well, I was just going to say, uh, the movie that he had chosen, like Horror High or whatever, I had never seen. So I just started with that. And then um, it had the Driller Killer as, like, you know, how the YouTube has, like, hey, if you like this, you might like that. So I just um, kept going for, like, three movies. And I was like, all right. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked to see the reanimator. Mm. Fucking, like... I would have. I just. I just would have assumed by this point, you know, it, it would have been so copyright protected that they were like, "Fuck you, man." But no, hmm. you know, well, you it's one of those know. international films, you know, with like weird, you know, at that time in the eighties, the way that people would sign off their rights to, you know, dis- distribution rights were so fucking weird. There were so many like small companies that you could like distribute your movies through and stuff like it's like 70s and 60s and like uh like album distributors you know like there were so many small little record distributors to put out 45s and you know and stuff like that that like like i was playing earlier a song by the parliament which is just Parliament Funkadelic before they were Parliament Funkadelic. And it's on like a little record label called like Reveille with ends with an I. <laughs> and like that, that's it's so weird. Like there's just so many like small little companies and stuff, you know, so weird. But those all went out. You know, the, the classic um, Walmart, you know big store eat little store amazon that's a good one you know yeah i think i read something a little bit about that whole time in the in that book with the the death of r&b or something the, oh i never read that no it was like it was a the death of rhythm and blues or something like that it was like i've it, seen it yeah i never the read book, it i think you told me about it and i was like i was reading it and they talk about how um yeah black music became kind of um kind of there's the rise and fall Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I bet it's a, yeah. I don't think I ever actually actually read that book. I did. I know about that book. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, but it's it's an inter- It's a, certainly an interesting time in like American history as far as like because it, it was so influential, but at the same time, like it was just like mainstreamly just sort of like ignored and like kind of shit on and made fun of and was like yeah what's this cheap shit or whatever the fuck but at the same time like the people who loved it you know like loved it there was there was like this huge chunk of my life where i just i i wanted to like see what like the kids at that time what they were into so like that's how i got into like like no wave and shit like uh or like what were kids doing in 1980 in new york city type shit you know like what 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 would a 17 year old be listening to you know instead of like uh i don't know uh fuck uh whatever mainstream horse shit was on the radio i can't think of anything right now because my hands are freezing but like um like I don't know. Instead of Queen, 
right? Which is like a, you know, they were still like a semi-big band at that time. But like, um, you know, to listen to like go-go music and trouble funk and like, uh, or like, uh, like, like not even Devo really, because Devo was starting to get not mainstream by then, but were walking their way into like mainstream, you know? like just like what what kids were listening to like and so like sick in like the mid early 60s like the kinks and shit like that out of england like what were english london kids listening to and you know and i don't know i always just for some reason for a long time i was really interested in what what was like kind of on the ground as it were music sort of playing you know i don't know so what do you mean by on the ground? You mean not underground? Yeah, kind of underground, like Lydia Lunch, you know, Teenage Jesus and the Jerks. Like all these people were playing Maxes and like all the CBGBs and all those types of venues like back then, you know, like, like we're like punk. Yeah. Well, like sort of punk, but like <clears throat> past punk, you know, where like punk would be more like, let's say the classic version, the Ramones. You know, right? Or even Richard Hell, you know, like in the Voidoids. You know, I'm the blank generation, which is still, they're still like really pulling out of the R&B sounds. You know, that's still basically blues R&B, just sped up. But then like you hit, like, like I said, like Teenage Jesus and the Jerks. Or you hit, um, like, even, well, Mars. Mars is more like a dance, dancey kind of band. DNA is your real, like, no-wave band where they just, like, just, it's not just, it's it's more than noise, but it they're, they're using noise, like, as the starting point, basically, to walk you into music. So, you know interesting yeah yeah and all these kids are just doing like cocaine and fucking speed and shooting up and fucking smoking pot and being weird and you know living in a big city and all these goddamn people around them and everything i just can't imagine and then you know uh jamaican music and like african music is really making its way into america at that point so you got like Fela Kuti being like played and all of that like Bob Marley ish, you know, just as a name of, you know, Lee Perry dub music. In fact, in one of those damn movies, somebody mentions like, hey, man, there's this new music you might like and all this stuff. And he brings up dub and you're like, that's bananas because like dub music is like true dub music is wild. In fact, they got a Prince Farai song on there that is just like bananas. And um, I used to listen to it all the time when I was a teenager because that's when I was really heavy into, <laughs> really heavy into drugs. And you know, I'd shoot up and just listen to fucking I'll be be rock go go. <laughs> Go and take a trip down memory lane. Yeah, sure. Let's play that, and then uh, why don't we bust open some wine and talk about wine for the rest of the show? Wow. 
Like give us like 30 minutes. You you basically dropped so many names out of a hat. I don't even know. I don't know. I I would arguably say I know. No, it's true. I know none of the bands and the musicians you mentioned. Okay. None of them. Well, let's go down. Let's but then, but then you 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 worked at a record store for a lot of years. For a lot of years, so you had access to all of this music. And this is the stuff that you were growing up listening to. Yeah. And this is the stuff you were thinking about when you were in the ICU. Some of it. So, I feel you needed to kind of... Here's Prince Farai. Oh, boy. This is dub music. Let's start with that. Oh, Jiggy, I'm going home. Let's see. What fuck fucked up or something. Please try again later. Alright. Well, let's try this one then. We'll play Fela. Just play part of it. Fucking song is long. But this was the stuff that was coming in in like the like mid seventies, early eighties, mid like New York and shit. This is like influence of talking heads a lot. Talk while, while the music's playing. Yeah, for sure. Again, like I said, was he a saxophonist? Yeah. Uh-huh. He played saxophone and sang. He was, I think he was, I don't know if he was inspired at all by Parliament, but like he had one of those big fucking bands. And he was like, the government was like after him all the time. And he would, um, he would like make songs like uh, Zombie, which is like an amazing, it's one of the few songs, I'm not really a dancey type of person. You put on Zombie, it makes me want to get up and dance. And fucking, um, he's just talking about how the army are just zombies, you know, turned to the left, turned to the right. Mm-hmm. Eat shit, <laughs> all this stuff. <laughs> you know, you do whatever they tell you because you're a zombie, basically. But, and like this song is sort of about that same sort of stuff. This is called Gentleman, and uh, the cover of the al- actual album is um, just a monkey in a in a suit, black and white. And in red and white, it says, like, Fela, gentleman. He's a badass saxophonist. Like, I like Sun Ra. That all sort of falls in the same sort of world as this. Oh, yeah. In post, fact, I got a Batman. Bebop. He does Batman theme. Post-Bebop and the, um... Like you could almost, I, I sort of categorize it as, it ain't, it ain't jazz, but it really sort of feels like jazz, like that Roy Ayers, well Roy Ayers has the playing with him, like, let me play you hear saxophone, you're going to think jazz, there's no other, there's no other musical genre that really promotes it, you know, like, well that's smooth jazz, no, 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 like 60s R&B, 
okay. That's when that's when you start bringing in a lot of. That's when jazz and R and B start to fuse kind of more. Big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you know, like you can think of like uh, like Motown songs that have those well, the idea was that many of the R&B jazz players were jazz musicians. Well, yeah. They were jazz musicians by, by, by training, so that's how they bring a lot of jazz elements into the R&B world. Yeah, into there. I mean, um, when I was... This is like, uh, it was also a huge time of a lot of world music, so... Well, was, this is... Bela's one of the guys that really... Push the world into getting into world music. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, Zombie was one of the most influential records of that time. And Gentleman, I, I believe, one of those also at the time. And like I said, David Burns, the Talking Heads, and, you know, like, all those people really got into it. So by the time you get into the life, by the Talking Heads, which is like a once in a lifetime. Tripped us and you tripped on the I just tripped it just went down. Boom! That's gonna hurt my heart, dude. I had to sew my pants. <laughs> That's why I'm wearing these. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, dude. It was like super late, too. I, mean, just, I was walking my friend to the uh, grocery store and just put the straight the wrong way. You should be drinking wine before you introduce all this music. Why don't we get started? We still got a half an hour. What do you want, a red or a white? You know what I want, red. Uh, Unless you, you, you want to switch it up, we can go white. You want to no, go? No, 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 I brought one of each. Well, which one do you, what, what would you prefer? That don't matter to me. Hey, hey, I like this guy. <laughs> Because I always start this show basically with the same song by uh, William Odemeyer. And uh, I was playing it on the street with a lot of my little, you know, hand speakers or whatever. And um, I was walking away smoking a cigarette and this Spanish guy was like, Hey man, what kind of music is that? <laughs> <laughs> 1970s African. <laughs> Playing atomic bomb. This song reminds me of like those long ass Avengers Marvel movies. In a weird way, because they're long. But they don't feel long, even though, like, you know, you have to sort of walk you into it and shit, and, like, explain 
about what he's doing, like at the same time, but uh, And he does sing on this, by the way. That's what I love about it. That's what's like the If that name is what I do. Then taste the soup standard. This is a, this is a red one. Yeah. Kind of, I like it. It's got, it's got a... It's not as dry as that first one that we had, but like, uh, you know, when you came back, but... It's, it's still got that nice dry lick to it. Um, that's what I was gonna say. I couldn't think of the word. But um, Like mellow. I like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the thing with a lot are. of. Uh, but my friends uh, don't know. I guess you could say, like, well, he put this is a. Uh, you can get this total wine for like. He put him singlet. He put him trousers. He put him shirt. He put him tie. He put him coat. Well, it's not going to break the bank. It's not going to blow your mind. No, but it's more than like. 
you know, than what's right generally required from like an eight dollar right bottle. Of yeah, yeah, no, it's a. Uh, 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 it feels sophisticated. You know, it's actually quite It still feels like slightly, you know, pretty sophisticated. You know, especially at because that price point, but like, but it's just, it's just good, you know, but it's not, um, it's, it's not gonna, like, it's not gonna stay with you. Like that one, that's good, but it's not gonna be Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like that one, that one that we had that first time, man, is still memorable to me. Like I can still think about that, that grinding of that. Really. Yeah, this is. Uh... Does it tell you the the grapes that are blended for? Uh... You want to turn the lights on? right behind you. What page tells me more about it? Um... Oh, for sure. Thirteen and a half percent, baby. So it's a blend of Petite Syrah, Ruby Cabernet, and Syrah. Now I had to look up what Ruby Cabernet is. Ruby Cabernet was a was a genetically engineered cross of Cabernet Sauvignon and Carignan grapes. The idea was that he wanted those, uh, the the guy at UC Davis who made this blend. Oh, he wanted to. Uh, Make a grape that had the uh, the flavorful the flavor the flavor of Cabernet Sauvignon, but could withstand the heat of the Central Valley and a lot of, a lot of warmer climates that Carignan grape does. So this is supposedly that particular Ruby Cabernet is something that you would find in a lot of um, budget blends, okay. all of, even from California. Okay. So if you see a lot of budget blends, let's say they're they're like a blend and they don't say what the uh, it's probably gonna be a good portion of it is gonna be Ruby Cabernet. Gotcha. So it's not Cabernet Sauvignon, it's Ruby Cabernet. So it's gonna be a little bit rounder. Okay. And it's gonna be a little bit softer than regular Cabernet. That must be where it's, it's not got, bouncing off and your the petite Syrah, the petite Syrah and the Syrah, which are two different grapes, by the way. Okay. Two different grapes. They're completely unrelated. Um, well, I mean the same species, the same bit of vinifera, but they're. Petite Syrah is not related to Syrah at all. I wanted to um, mention, by the way, last week that when I was eating a, uh, the, the wine grape, I, yeah. I, I'll never forget how round it is. It's very round, they're, yeah. They're very circular as compared to like a table oh, yeah. grape. Table yeah. grapes are like oval. Yeah. And, yeah. and like a wine grape, they always, everyone I've ever seen. They look plump. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're just like a, like a, like a, like a globe. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like round. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's a, a miniaturized globe. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And so this is interesting. This is like they make, they, there's a makeup of a lot of, of so the, the Petit Syrah and the Syrah give it more depth and structure. And the Ruby Cabernet is the one that I think that carries it. Gotcha. Carries a lot of the weight. Wow. That's interesting. That would be, you know, that really would be, like, when I was growing up, man, like, doing all that beard supply bullshit, right? You know? Like, yeah. It, I always found it interesting because, you know, I used to work on buildings and do construction and shit, and, yeah. like, I like I like shit like that. Like, the, the way that, what A and B, how you put the shit together. But, um, anyway. Uh, I was gonna play that TV. Oh, that Prince Farai. I wanna see if I can get that fucker working. Ow! God damn me. Alright, anyway. Oh, here you go.
Here's a, um, this is a sort of a no wave band, but this is all chicks. This is a song called Cowboys in Africa by the Bush Tetris. These are all the sort of things that I was sort of getting into. Like, this, is a, this is the type of music that made me feel like, fuck, I'm going to Like, a bunch of women stuff. But Sonic Youth is what got me into Lydia Lunch and stuff because on the 85 record uh, that they did, uh, but um, she's on uh, Death Valley 69. No, here's the thing. I think I pretty much might have skipped to the 80s in terms of music. Oh, there you go. That'll do it. No, no, I mean, I listen to a lot of New Wave. Not No Wave. I listen to yeah. New Wave, and I listen yeah. to, like, whatever the, the popular 80s music is. Yeah. Um, but your, your, your genres of music are... Yeah, they're underground. Not, they're underground. They're not. They're not popular stuff. I, no, I like. Like I love like uh, in excess. Like I need you tonight. Right. That's a great fucking song. Yeah. You know, like. I, but I, I, but I, the, no, the, I the, like. But, but I, the, the, the the stuff that you um that really that you really dug are not the stuff that you. I, I think that's part. Maybe that's part of how you are. You know, like you like you you avoided the. Uh, what everybody else listens to. You want to listen to something different. Well, I can always listen to what everybody else listens to. It's on the radio. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, I already know all that. But none of the stuff you would listen to, you would find on the radio. None of the uh, stuff I'm playing now, that, no. This is the stuff that DJs would refuse to listen to. Like, one, one thing is, I grew up in a college town. Kalamazoo is a college town. There's five colleges in that town. So you listen to a lot of college radio. So college radio was a thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like... Even the mainstream radio would sort of lean into kind of like, um, like not this, but like, you know, more kind of edgier shit than kind of average. I don't know, uh, if I lived in fucking, I don't know, um, Indianapolis or something, maybe. You know, that you would just sort of hear the straight, you know, uh, you two. It's like, you know, that's as edgy as they would get. But it would generally be just, you know, your regular, I don't know, Juice Newton. We're playing with the Queen of Arms. You know, just sort of basic, or but wham, you know. Just sort of basic shit. And, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, like I said. <sighs> Here, let's play. Let's play. No, I got you. Man. I do love this song, though. Come on, That's a weird way that he died, but. I think he was the, one of the first ones who died like that, like mainstream, that people found out about. Michael Hutchins. What do you mean? How did he die? Michael Hutchins. Auto erratic asphyxiation. 21st Where like he's like getting belated or jerked off and choking himself to death. Everybody does, yeah, that's okay. And a few people have done that. Like famous. 
Thank you. That, that's yeah, good. yeah, that's been, uh, yeah. He died at like 30. G-Money and Wustein. New yeah. Radio <laughs> FM. Thank you. Auto Sunday Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, that's how. Yeah, the guy on Man. the the guy on the right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got. You. Four more days till Halloween, folks. Hey, get your jollies on. Get your jollies. Are you are you doing anything for Halloween? I was thinking about making a tie-dye shirt because they're making tie-dye shirts in my building. And I thought that would be fun. I'm in San Francisco. It would be neat to just make a tie-dye yeah. shirt. Oh, yeah. Dude, I actually, I think I remember going to one of the, going to the last Castro Street uh, Halloween. Oh, wow. Uh, but that yeah. was awesome. Or at least it was interesting. Oh, well, I mean, it was interesting. It was more interesting. So much more interesting because I was on firms. <laughs> That was yeah. I could I could tell you. I, I I don't remember. I don't remember a lot of details. I really don't remember a lot of details. I can't imagine. I remember. Um, yeah, I remember a couple of my a couple of my buddies. They were able to get some shrooms, and then one of my buddies, he was like, "Okay, this is how you do it. You cut up the mushroom." This is before we went to the match in the city. We were in Berkeley. We were at his. Um, we were in the dorm room and he's like, okay, we basically steeped some mushroom tea. Okay. And then and then it started to kick in. Well, I'm wait, I'm waiting outside the dorm, waiting for my friends to to, to get ready and stuff. Yeah. There's this homeless dude who starts yelling at me. Oh no. And this dude it brought my vibe down. Like, what, dude, you have to be in a good place when you're on shrooms. This was a bad, it was a bad, bad vibe. <laughs> And I really like, dude, you're killing my vibe. And then, like, my friends show up and they, like, they shoot him away, but I'm like, dude, I'm in a weird place. <laughs> we, had, we, we parked there. I'm, like, I'm dressed up like a bowling shirt, like, you know, Simpsons bowling shirt and, like, a bowling bag. I didn't bring my bowling ball. That would have been a terrible, terrible way to go to That's Halloween. An awful idea. Carrying yeah. a 15 pound yeah, bowling ball around. Yeah, a 10 but pound I was, bowling ball. But I was carrying a, well, it was, even, it was not, it was, it was not great for me to carry a bowling bag around i mean just wearing a bag someone's calling yeah i know i know who it is doesn't matter oh come on pick up the phone fucking sweet gail sweet gail wants to be heard she ain't gonna be here nah okay but anyway yeah so um i mean keep going uh remember i remember we get we get there and um the whole street is packed to the gills. Oh, I'm sure. It's packed to the gills. There's several bandstands, like stages, where like I think we end up walking. Oh God! To see that'd be maddening. We're, it's crowded as as all as all. Can I cuss in this video? Yes. It's crowded as all fuck, right? And it's like. I'm on. I'm. 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 I'm high as a freaking kite. I can't imagine just the sound of that. I music. think we ended up. Yeah, dude. It, I don't remember the cacophony. It was just like a yeah. whole bunch of noise. Yeah. And um, I remember we ended up going to some Thai restaurant. I wasn't hungry, but my my friends were freaking hungry. I I remember watching them eat. And then like we were like I think we went back. I don't remember. Um, when like, I'm stoned or high. I don't remember what happened. I think we went back, I, but I don't remember. I, I'm, I'm, I don't remember what happened. What I did afterwards. I think I might just gone high. 
<laughs> but it was like, now I'm mixing this memory with this other time that I got, yeah, I was on the films. Okay. Um, yeah, but th- those are those are good times. Berkeley. That's what you do at Berkeley. Yeah, man. I used to yeah. live in Oakland, man. I used to go to Berkeley, dude. All the but uh, then, then I re- they heard later that I heard later after, like a few days after we we had gone to that Halloween festival, that it got so rowdy, the city just banned Halloween, <laughs> the Halloween bashes from Castro from that point on. No shit. No shit. Yeah. Wow, man. Wow. Hey, you know what? When you mentioned UC, you mentioned UC Davis, right? UC Davis is a very important school when it comes to enology and winemaking. No, because they're right smack in the middle of like, they're right right next to Napa. They're right oh, next okay. to Los Carneros. So it's on that side. They're of the right place. next to Lodi. I always thought and it's and it's like reason, north of Central Valley. It's like in the it's a hot spot of winemaking. Okay. That's why that's why a lot of a lot if you if you're really into wine and winemaking or wine management from. From an early start, you go to Davis. Davis is where it's at when it comes to. If you want a college education in wine, yeah, you go to Davis. Okay. That's really where you go. For some yeah. reason, I always thought that UC Davis was like in. They're like big in like Oakland Berkeley area, but it's no, actually on the other no. side of the bridge yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a, it's a no fair drive, it's two three hours drive. Oh no, shit! It's close to Sacramento. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it's right next to Lodi, so it's like right there. Wow! It's right there, like in right smack in the middle of wine country. Right smack in the middle of wine country. That's really fun. You know what's super? That's fun. It's not exactly. Yeah, this, this used to be, this, like, when I was a little, little, little person, like, probably around the When time you were I, a little right, person. Right, right about the time I got this shirt. When you were a dwarf. Yeah. Yes. This was, like, one of my favorite, absolute favorite songs. This and, like, L.O. Cool J's Radio. Wait, where did I hear that song? Oh, so I heard it on a movie or TV show? I know, I know it, I know, I know, but I'm just like I'm trying to remember the last where the, la- the last time I heard it. I just like this song. Oh crap! It was a movie I saw. Fuck. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port. Who the fuck invited Gilligan on that ship? Was a mighty sailor Maybe the sailor. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. Wait. I mean, the tiny ship was My dad was a pretty good listener. If not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow I'm a terrible would be listener. lost. The minnow would be lost. The ship's aground on the shore of this uncharted desert island. I got this With speaker that I clipped onto my uh, belt the buckle. The millionaire and, uh, and his wife. And, uh, the movie star, the professor and Mary the only kind that I like are ones that fit over your head. And so Marianne's the only one in that, in that entire uh, intro theme that has given a name. Yeah, the Professor and Marianne. Marianne is the only one who gets a name. Here on Gilligan. Why is that? Because he's the fucking owl. Well, I thought it was the, the movie star. That's that's Marianne. No, I thought there's two different. There's two. Yeah. 
There is one with the, with the tail. With the, uh, Summers and Ginger Graham. Ginger. Ah, Ginger. Ginger. You're right. There you go. This, by the way, that boo doo 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 was like the first thing I ever learned to play on bass because it's so fucking easy. That this stand up, like doo doo. Oh, uh, Peter Gunn. Doo 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 It's literally just walking up the the string. Any string. You could play it on any one of those four strings. But this is the Sun Ra version of Batman. Well, you don't see, you don't really hear any of this sort of thing anymore. When you have like actual bands, like popular musicians, like do theme songs. No, you don't hear. Uh, yeah, and which is amazing if you stop and think about it. Like all of those fucking. But, um, like all of, the, play all of these, my own? Gonna play my own? yeah, play whatever you want. Yeah. I would just, I would just say in the, um, it's amazing that like through Netflix and everything, mm-hmm. you know, with like them coming out with all these new fucking shows and everything, that, like, that would just sort of fall into place, you know, like popular R and B or like hip hop stars or dance, you know would like be knocking out theme songs to these things or something, but they don't do theme songs anymore like they used to, you know? Yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, like the, uh, well, the office was a redo. Like Parks and Rec had a theme song, sort of, you know, like, but, you know. This is thoughtful music. This is Miles Davis content. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dude, this is like... I mean, even though Miles Davis is the is the is the is the head the uh, the head man in this thing, this song is all Red Garland, dude. Good, cause I'm I'm not, I've never been a big fan of his fucking the, the, the trumpet he plays. He has a he has a muff he's a muffler. Yeah, he's I, a, I never liked that shit. But like, I'll tell you what I do like like you know like Thelonious Monk and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you're not really. I you were you were in, you were into his modal jazz thing. You're more into the bebop stuff. Yeah, yeah. If I like, yeah. If I'm gonna listen to, yeah, I'd, I'd go to like his '50s shit, like you know, yeah. like, when he's like playing with Coltrane and shit like that. This is this is with Coltrane. No, no, no. no that's the modal. That is modal jazz. No, no. Coltrane was here. Coltrane was on the quintet. Wait, wait. It might not be the first quintet. It might be the second quintet. No, 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 first quintet. First okay. quintet was John Coltrane. Okay. For sure. Yeah. 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 
Second quintet was a way shorter. Like I'm just, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that like, there's something about that that sound of like, like like. It, it, may, a, it, it does. Have I a, always feel like he thinks he's smarter than me or something. That's like that. exactly it. And I don't like that. Yeah, he had a pretentiousness about him. And so I, totally pretentious. Miles Davis just, was like, I am better at jazz than anybody else. He's horseshit, right? <laughs> just, you know, Albert Eiler, fuck me, man. But, uh, or Sun Ra, even. Well, here's the, the thing about the, this. I get it, though. Yeah. Like, as far as, like, black people at that time, and, like, fuck you, man. I'm gonna, like, he look. he always looks good. You know, like he's always suited up and suited yeah. booted. Wait, wait, this was like who else was in the Yeah, Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Red Garland, Red Paul Garland. Chambers, Philly Joe Jones. There you go. This was one of the prestige records. They made a whole bunch of these. They prestige were Prestige is cool. So well what happens that Miles Davis wanted out of prestige because he was gonna sign with Columbia to make kind of blue. Uh, but he still had this I like they did it blue note. Or Blue Note. I forget. I forget which, no, I forget which one did kind of blue. Is it Columbia or Blue Note? I'm pretty sure it's Blue Note. Because it's got that classic fucking cover. It might be Columbia. Shit, you it was Columbia. Right. Yeah. What happened was that um, Columbia wanted to sign Miles Davis to do kind of blue. But he was still on a four record deal with, with Prestige. So he basically did... He and the quintet did working, cooking, and like two other those four like yeah. classic prestige all within a matter of like a month. Yeah, they we're like we're gonna churn this fucker out. Yeah, we gotta get out of here, guys. And we're like, <laughs> dude, what, what is it? No, don't no takes. Yeah, no extra takes. Just yeah. do everything all at once, and it's like whatever, because we're the we're the shit, <laughs> and prestige doesn't give a shit. So we're yeah. just we're like, okay, let's do this. They just want albums. They're just like, wait, you want albums? Okay, we'll give you albums. Here you go, one, two, three, four, and gone. <laughs> This might this might be a little bit softer than like let's try something like um It's a good tune though. Oh dude. That's beautiful. Yeah. So red garland man. It's so, stuff it's stuff like that that makes me like that's this is that's it's, it's his backup players that make me like fall oh. into my own. Yeah, they were they were just like yeah, they they weren't just the backup dude. They they well, had their own they had their own shit group. Too. Yeah, Red Garland ended up getting his own group too. Well, they all did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, basically. <laughs> Everybody like but the drummer, you know what I mean? Like basically, like it's all in their own thing. But like uh, and then and then Red Garland had had a little clash with Miles Davis, so he left the quintet and then replaced him with Bill Evans. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Not bad. <laughs> and then you're like, oh crap. And then they added Cannonball Adderley. Cannonball Adderley, yeah. There you uh, go. That's the saxophone, right? Yeah, the uh, alto sax. There you go. Yeah. You hear, you hear him in Kind of Blue. When I worked on uh, it, uh, Flipside Records, uh, I had two people that worked there that were really into jazz, and they like really twisted my whole world into like. Yeah, dude. I got to learn like a hell of a lot of like. Beforehand, I knew about like Mingus and stuff like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But like when I got there, they really like kind of tossed me into the deep end of like, um, you know, just really heavy, deep jazz shit and like modern jazz, like Ken Vanderbeek and the Chicago uh, mm. stuff that was going on mm. at that time. Yeah. Like 2000. I tried to get into that shit. Just, I'm not. It just, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. It was like after. 
like post John Coltrane is like I, I I can't get into that stuff. It's hard. It's it's interesting. That's where I started to get into that Albert Eiler. That's where I started to get into that Fela Kuti. You know what I mean? Where it's like it's it's almost jazz type shit. You know? Almost. Yeah. It's not the, it's not the traditional like oh man. Still for years like Mingus 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 was like maybe my like one of my top 10 top 5 records of all time like for a long time cuz it's just so Mingus Singus and um Sinner Lady Saint the Saint and the Sinner Lady something like that the Black Black Saint and the Sinner Lady by Charles Mingus Oh my god, that album is just, it's a mind blower. In fact, I might, when I go home, listen to that. The Black Saint and the Sinner Lady. There you go. I hadn't even thought about that record in the first place. I got a little bit into Charlie Mingus. He's a weird dude. It, you it, me it, of like it, goes all, it goes all over the place, but it's like, I mean, I, he was very, I mean, he's very influential. And it's like, he, he kind of like... Well, and I played bass. Uh-huh. So, so, like, I was kind of partial. Anybody that, oh. was, that was really good on bass, I was kind of sticking with. Plus, I was like in a little Walter, which doesn't make any But, you know. All right, so in that case, we should listen to. You gotta listen to. Is it take one? Hey, that sounds cool. <laughs> Ding! Bill Evans bringing the white Waltz guy, huh? Debbie. Uh, well, here's the thing. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, yeah, but um, <laughs> the one thing about Bill Evans is that he 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 and the the first bassist he played with. He's got that respect. He gets it. Bill Evans gets it. Like Neil, my old boss. He gets it. Listen to the bass. That he 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 absolutely loved the bass line. That he only plays the high melody. He never plays the harmony. He lets the bassist fill in the harmonies. Over our fucking supposed limit, but our show keeps going even after this. 
So we, 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 we went into 80s music and then 70s and we went back in the 60s and 50s. We went back in time, people. Yeah. Zip, zap, zoop. And we finished with a white guy playing jazz. <laughs> Actually, the Bill Evans tree were three white guys playing it's like, jazz. It's like we ended on uh, uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> Going back to the future. thing and the one weird thing is that because he didn't really look at the piano his thing was that yeah his I've head was face that. down and it's like yeah he was also really really jacked up in heroin every time he was playing no way dude he was a heroin fiend he was a he was a, he was a heroin fiend yeah. he was that he was one of those yeah, yeah. I mean, that was like the thing back in like because oh, yeah, of, no, of Charlie Parker, because Charlie Parker and all that. But but I didn't know Bill Evans fell down. Oh, that oh, for sure. I guess for sure. I did know, but I just forgot. I mean, he 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 didn't die of an overdose. Yeah, maybe that's why he, he didn't die of an overdose. There are a lot of people who like yeah, who went out because of of a, of a heroin overdose. But he was one of the few who was like he he actually he believed he actually believed that heroin actually like really did help his yeah. musical abilities. He's not wrong. But who knows? He's not not wrong. Let's put it that way. I don't know. Don't do heroin people. None of none of us don't will do ever know people. I'm just saying none of us will ever know because we don't have a version of Bill Evans who's not on heroin doing this stuff, you know what I mean? If we did, then we could go, okay, see how... So, so sweet Gail won't talk about her her experiences with heroin? No, that's just terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She'd she tell you about her experiences in the church. In the church? And I'm good. You know what's interesting? Jazz and blues are a lot, like, especially their, like, most ardent fans are a lot like, like heavy Christians, where, like, they really, like, fall into the, 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 I think finally he's here, like the spirit of the thing, and, um, 